0: A little bit more actually. I can I feel like I can hear myself a little bit better even in my headphones now. But we'll see. That might just be my internal reverberations. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: <laughs> well I'm we do pretty a pretty fucking you got right a now. lot of reverberations. I
0: got a lot that. of room for reverberations. Yeah. I got a big ass head <laughs> is what we're getting at.
1: <laughs> got a fucking big head. All right. I I got a big old belly. You know, so whenever I'm talking, you can hear the voice kind of reverberating just in echoes. there. Yeah, it just kind of bounces off the walls. Mm. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Well, this, this new mic placement might be a bit crazy, a bit experimental, but you know what? Isn't that crazy and experimental, Lucas? It couldn't be King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I think for once, it may or may not be King Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard's newest album, Omnium Gatherum.
0: Ga- Gatherium?
1: Uh, I think it's Gatherum. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track of what this yeah, shit is I'm not called. even going to try
0: in this episode. But
1: uh, after we get our little introduction, I'll tell you, I realized what the name means. Oh, nice. But before that, I wanted to oh what was it again lucas that we say at the beginning of this podcast is it is it like good morning uh, y'all is it like what's happening uh, big boys is it is it what's up buds that's it To another episode of the Earbuds podcast. This is the podcast where two very good friends talk about very good albums Mm. for a very good amount of time. Preach. And on this episode, I got a great guest star with me. It's the one, (laughs) the only Lucas Indrakovs guest star. How are you doing, man? Are you a little nervous?
0: Uh, I'm not nervous at all. I'm actually a little... Not really looking forward to this.
1: Oh, to be uh-oh. honest.
0: Okay. Yeah, little little
1: foreshadowing. Um, well, little drama. I... Yeah, I don't know what that could possibly mean, but I guess we'll get into it. Um, we might. In, in the meantime, I'm Brett. I'm usually kind of... You know, there's like the big old person in the spotlight... And then there's, like... With the big old belly. With the big old belly. And then there's the person in the back kind of moving all the gears, kind of popping all the wheels, and I'm both of those, usually.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're both of those, okay. Yeah, I'm both of those. I thought I was the big-headed friend in the back, uh, pulling all the the strings. Nah, you're just, like, the tree
1: in the corner of the stage. Oh, boy, just just getting a participation trophy? Yeah. You know, and you deserve it, too, because you did... Come in for rehearsal. Sounds easy. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> uh, I'm Brett Hanrahan. I don't remember if I introduced myself. <laughs> are you At as high point, as I am right matter. now? Uh, I did. I got high. This amazes people. <laughs> I got high like four hours ago. <laughs> and you're still high, or are you just yeah. getting tired now? It's no. I'm just I'm just high and. What amazes people is that I'll take like one tiny hit of weed and I'll be high for like the next six hours. Oh. I just have a super low tolerance and I don't know how to smoke.
0: Well, I mean that's not that's a pretty good problem to have. Call you one hit hand or hand.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh you know, it doesn't feel bad when I when I take someone else's weed. I'm just like, hey for man, sure. just give me just give me a little little hit of the good green stuff and I'll Man <laughs> You know
0: I for as much as I uh, consume, uh, I've compared to some of my friends, it's nothing. I have so such a way lower tolerance than pretty much everyone I hang out with here.
1: Really? Well, I mean, everyone here's had like legal weed for years. Yeah,
0: there's definitely um, a difference in strength I notice between the shit right, we got in Texas and here, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, but it's also like. It's such a good problem to have because I get so much free shit sometimes at work that, you know, you give me an eighth and that's legit will last me probably a month. Like, I still have shit that I bought. It's end of April right now and I have shit that I bought in October. Dude, because I, I, so I buy stuff and I get stuff for free. So I just have way too much. Oh, man. That's an awesome problem. It have. is. It really is. It's so fun I, to just open. I What I do is like once a week, I open all the jars and smell them and like <laughs> try and train my palate.
1: Sniff. Yeah. Make sure they're still ripe and fresh. That's what
0: sucks, man, is that it kind of backfired on me. Like I want to have as much as I can at once and then I don't consume enough to, for that to make sense. So all this stuff kind of goes bad. Within like six months, like it does lose like a lot of terps and a lot of flavor and smell and everything. So, it's kind of a bummer because I want to work through all this shit before I buy new stuff. But I just know that pretty much all of it's not going to be <laughs> at at its peak at this That's, point.
1: You have you have a at heavy stock of of strains, but they're all okay. stale. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't
0: realize how little shelf life weed has, man. It. I used to I, go through an ounce a month in in Texas smoking before I switched to like dry herb vapes like smoking I would go through an ounce easy and then once I switched to dry herb an ounce would last me like three months four months <laughs> and it sucked because I still wanted to buy big bulk shit because I don't want to fucking you know risk
1: yeah, imprisonment you, you were getting those like pound bags <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I was getting turkey
0: bags of weed, but I was. I was getting a a solid couple ounces every, pretty much every month when I was smoking. Every two months because I would buy two. But then, yeah, man, fucking. Once I switched to vaping, I bought two, and it lasted me like six months or something. And just out of habit, like a few months before we moved, I bought two again, (laughs) just because I was tired of the strains I had for the last six months.
1: Oh man. And so
0: I bought two new strains and for some reason I got two more ounces and then I totally didn't think I didn't it never crossed my mind that there was border patrol when you're driving through West Texas. So when we drove to California.
1: Yeah, I remember you've told this story a couple times. Did I? You 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 got all stocked up on weed. So much the uh like the county line or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> it was like, you had to dump it all in the toilet, right?
0: Oh, that was uh, that was on a trip to South Padre in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the way down there, there's no border patrol but I'm coming back. There is, and I had brought two ounces of fucking amazing weed that I just bought. Oh, man. And oh, it was such a bummer. And uh, no, but this time around, I just kind of didn't think ahead because it was a few months before we moved. And then right before we were going to leave town, Christina... Brought it up. And I was like, are you fucking serious? There's border patrol? And I just started thinking, like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I just said, "Fucking," and gave it all to my sister.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have, like, big old plans to, like, take a week off work and just, like, I'm getting through this one way or another. I
0: literally realized I wasn't going to be able to take it with me maybe three days before we left town.
1: Oh, man.
0: And I was vaping at the time, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to just vape until I have a panic attack. So...
1: I'm going to enjoy in. it
0: as much as I can for the next few days and then, you know, not be able to take it with me and have all this money wasted. But it was nice to give it as a gift to my sister and she still is using it. And it's been almost a year. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's like I gave them so much that I was like, I know this is going to last forever. But going back to what we were here to talk about today, why we gathered here today, Brett
1: was uh, it's audio production, right? Yes. I think that's what we were talking about before. It's audio production. Yeah, so a noise gate is kind of like a know. compressor, but when it goes over a line, it actually just kind of really, uh, really kills the, the noise thing. completely. Really diving into um, that bit, huh? <laughs> just really, really diving headfirst into that, huh? <laughs> it's a goldmine of comedy. <laughs> don't tell me you don't want to talk about EQ bands. What What do you like? Four bands, I don't so, like think I'm eight high bands, twelve? I don't
0: think I'm high enough to talk about that, but. I will say that I don't think even a lifetime's worth of weed would make me like the record as that much that we're talking about today. So, to get into it, I mean, the record's called Omnium Gatherum, I think. And it's by one of my favorite bands, literally of all time, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
1: And I gotta say, man, I didn't like it that much. Alright, well, before we get too far into it i want to share with you kind of my interpretation of the album title and how that changed my listening experience yeah this happened with infest the rat's nest i'm sure it could happen again uh make
0: me love this record brett
1: (laughs) first off uh the band there's a band called omnium gatherum that i'm sure has enjoyed a lot of uh new fans because of this album oh you lucky bastards <laughs> they keep I keep popping up. They're, they're like the first thing uh you go to their website what kind so of music good is it? uh I don't know, probably metal. I haven't checked it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been in the way. Okay. Uh but congrats to y'all. Yeah, you're getting um, a lot of
0: Kazaw downloads right now on, on accident.
1: <laughs> but Omnium Gatherum I believe is Latin. Omnium for all. Mm. And uh once I realize like I don't know you hear the the prefix omni sometimes and it kind of just like means all and like all encompassing and something like that hmm. and from that context gatherum I kind of understood oh Gizzard's been in the game for this is like their 10 year anniversary this is their 20th album yeah so they've kind of from my my take is that they've kind of gathered all the vibes of music they've been doing for the last 10 years. And they've kind of been making these new songs, maybe inspired by those albums or those vibes
0: for sure. I mean, even without that's really, that's cool that you were able to break it down and figure it out because even without that explanation, I knew what they were doing on this record. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is a combination of all the stuff that they've done (laughs) up until this point. Like, and A few records I could point directly back to that I feel like they're they're kind of like pulling from, sure, right? Yeah.
1: There's like Predator X, which is (sighs) obviously like infest the rat's nest. It's it's probably the biggest example of like calling back to an album, but you know there are others. There's a lot of stuff that sounds like Butterfly Three Thousand with the kind of chill music and a little bit, yeah. uh, you know, the the notes and some fishing for fishies type stuff. A little too much fishing for fishies for my taste. <laughs> Which is your, I believe your least favorite album, maybe until
0: today. I don't know. It still hasn't really grown on me. There's a few good songs on it, but like it kind of annoys me. Uh, and we'll get into why. But another album that I think they pulled directly from, because there's a lot of lounge stuff on here.
1: Yeah. Two so that like sketches of from, Brunswick East? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I haven't listened to all the albums, but oh, I from, love that record, man. Uh, I've I've heard a person go through their discography and kinda describe the albums and the ones that I haven't checked out, I kinda have an idea of what they sound like, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, I was able to kind of draw parallels from that. And so since I discovered that, I Like, I kind of figured that out by the end of, like, song four or five. Of this record? Yeah. Yeah. And so, from then on, I kind of saw it as, this might not even be fair, this might be giving them too much benefit of the doubt, too much credit, too much leeway, but it's kind of just them probably looking back on their last ten years and having a little victory lap, you know? Maybe Mm -hmm. this is the end of this era. You know, maybe after this album, a whole new era of Gizzard starts. Yeah,
0: you know, I think you have something there, man, because uh, Stu, the singer, in an interview, I think with Stereogum, he said, because this is actually the first record that the band was all in the studio at the same time since the start of the pandemic. This is the the first music they've all written together as a full band since the beginning of the pandemic. So, And the first time they've all been in in a room together, basically, like writing songs.
1: Wow! Yeah.
0: So it's uh, it's surprising the stuff that they came up with, but Stu mentioned that he thinks that they're in their jam phase, in quotes. (laughs) And and he said, "I'm really excited for this next for this next phase of King Gizzard. Like we're finally in our jam phase." And I think what he meant by that too a lot was that I don't like so many of their of their albums are themed, right? Like, not just lyrically, but, right, like, thematically, Like, conceptually as an album sometimes. Yes, conceptually, completely. Like, Infest the Rats Nest is a thrash record. Uh, uh, Sketches of Brunswick East is a lounge, kind of, throwback 70s, 60s record. Uh, Gumboot Soup even has, like, a thing going on. You know, like, Polygondwanaland has a thing going on. So... They've, yeah. they've murder of the universe, you know, like all these kind of concept yeah. records. And, and I think what they, what he means by they're finally in their jam phase is he's like, fuck it. We're all going to do it. We're, we're going to fuck it. We're going to do all the shit that we want to play on a record. And we'll have a thrash song followed by a goofy fucking pop song followed by a lounge followed by pop followed by, you know, uh, there's not a lot of microtonal on this, but like, you know. I could see them bringing that back too. And it's just, it's, it was kind of too, too all over the place for me to, to really enjoy it.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought your perspective on that because I saw this as the last of this kind of stuff. I don't see them doing another variety record like this. And when, I mean, the dripping tap is literally, Taken from a jam between them and tropic, Tropical Thunderfuck, I think. I think <laughs> that's that that's the name? that's a
0: mix of their na- band name and a strain of weed is what you did, but it's Tropical Fuckstorm.
1: <laughs> tropical Fuckstorm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They
0: recorded a jam like a, while King Gizzard, I think, was recording Fishing for Fishes, right?
1: Yeah. Um. And so I think maybe now more so than ever because I I wouldn't say they've never done jam stuff in fact a lot of their stuff feels jam feels very jammy like listen yeah, to not infinity very stuff jammy. you know rattlesnake
0: um, uh all the flying microtonal banana stuff is it feels jammy because it's drony,
1: right yeah yeah it's and it's just you know just just kind of the same music and something that's great to listen to live and something that i usually I'm not into on a record though with Gizzard they've kind of hit a sweet spot like I've never been into Grateful Dead or like Fish or anything like that I've never really been into jam bands and I'm kind of worried that that might be a direction they're going but I think even even from this record being something of a tribute of the last decade of this band they still have you know they still throw a couple curveballs like uh, Sadie Sorceress and the Grim Reaper, which are oh boy, kind of. You know, look, I'm gonna say what it is. It's kind of a cringe, yeah. white boy rap song, but yeah. also I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It's so it's.
0: I knew it was gonna be so hit or miss, man. I can't fucking stand it. Um, I the first time I heard it. I had a physical reaction to it,
1: (laughs) and can you kind of like, can you add that out for me with with all noises? It's like,
0: you know, when you're so tense that like your shoulders touch your ears, and you're just like, dude, like it made me so uncomfortable.
1: It made me so
0: uncomfortable, and then, you know, at least the second one that does it, what Grim Reaper? At least it's like. It almost sounds like a, like the one of the best songs on the original Blade soundtrack. <laughs> like it sounds like the Chemical Brothers with, uh, you know, a rapper, like some anonymous, no name European rapper that sure you'll never listen to any of their shit ever. But you're like, I love that song. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's right. what Grim Reaper sounded like to me. So I, kind of didn't hate it as much as Sadie Sorceress, but wow. Wow, I hate Sadie Sorcerer so much, and I oh, I really man. don't think it's gonna grow on me. I honestly like across the board, all the goofier songs on here uh, just didn't land on me.
1: No, is that? I
0: mean, I blame one person.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I'll feel bad because I don't really know <laughs> this guy's name or everything he does. Oh, here we go. See, I got it. He uh, Ambrose Kenny Smith. I think he's the guy who plays harmonica, but he also does, like, a lot of auxiliary percussion and the Wurlitzer, and he does a bunch of synth. and
1: Yeah, I think he was doing, like, the rap parts on the rap songs. He sings pretty much all of these songs. Except, really? Except maybe three or four. I, You know, there were a couple songs I thought I noticed a difference, but... I really, like, it's so hard for me to tell these guys apart when they're on vocals, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I might be wrong about how many songs he sang on himself, but the one I feel like the ones where he is the main singer, I those are the ones I didn't like. <laughs> but also, uh, there's uh, Cook Craig, who is the, the, I think, I don't know if you'd call him the lead guitarist, but he's the second guitarist, who's not, he's the guy who doesn't usually sing. He also sings on a bunch of these songs and I kind of don't like his voice oh. either. What songs? I think he's the head he's he might be the the main singer for the Garden Goblin. I don't really know. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But there's I didn't like the vocals on the record and it, I for the most part and and especially on the goofier kind of more upbeat what what I would call kind of pop songs, but you could say that they were a little Funky, jazzy, you know, kind of loungy at the same time.
1: Kind of groovy things. Yeah,
0: just like just really didn't land on me. And, And the vocals was a big part for me on this record that I didn't like. I feel like there weren't half of these songs, or maybe even a little more than half of these songs, I don't think are catchy at all, the vocals. Really? Yeah, which is weird for King Gizzard. I feel like they're one of the catchiest rock bands out there. And this... They it kind
1: of didn't land on me for, with a lot of these songs. Like the the vocals didn't stick. Man i I don't feel that way at all. I feel like songs like Magenta Mountain and uh, Sadie Sorceress, uh, Candles all have such catchy yeah. aspects about them.
0: No, the, I those were the the catchiest ones for sure. Presumptuous, Red Smoke, Candles, yeah, like Presumptuous, those, yeah, those are catchy for sure. I just don't. I don't think uh, a lot of the other ones are. So I mean I think the majority of these just kinda I don't remember the the melodies. And I will say, to give this album a little bit of the you know, benefit of the doubt, I was in pretty much a bad mood every time I listened to it. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of a rough week. It's been kind of a rough week. It's been kind of a rough month, if not a rough couple of months. So But do you think do you think your a mood change will affect this a lot? Not really. I think a big it might affect the overall rating that I'm going to give it if I was in a good mood every time I listened to it. But I think even if I was in a good mood, a lot of these songs still would have kind of gotten on my nerves. Mm. A little bit. And it's a bummer, man. It's the same thing with uh, Butterfly 3001, right? Where, I don't know about you, but I was so fucking excited to hear that record. And then I it right. really disappointed both of us. And with this one, it's just kind of... The good songs are great. The bad songs, I think, are... Almost cringy, which which you know kind of harkens back to the fishing for fishies thing where I felt like a lot of that album was really cringy, and I felt like Kenny Smith also sang on a lot of those songs and wrote a lot of those songs. So it's you know, I think I don't like his style very much. So when they lean towards his style, it's a little too goofy for me. It
1: it seems like you are the biggest fan of Stu leading the charge. Oh yes, and Stu though i would probably call him like the main leader of the band it seems like he really hit his stride when he was doing the stoner rock type of stuff yeah it's and uh, that
0: was i his lyrics are my favorite of any of the songs that they write um his themes i mean it sounds like he has influenced pretty much every concept record that that are my favorites of theirs yeah right so, yeah, man, I think his style just falls more within my my vibe. And when they lean a little too in one direction, where they kind of go away from... Because King Gizzard's always kind of goofy, even when they're being serious.
1: Yeah, sure. It's not like this is their first goofing. No,
0: not at all. They're, they're always goofing. So that, but again, I was in a bad mood every. literally every time I listened <laughs> to this.
1: <laughs> and
0: I was, in, I was getting even more of a bad mood every time I listened to it because I was so bummed that I don't really like it.
1: I Well, I think to give credit to your point, uh, the main things that I think we could probably both agree on uh, are that it's an extremely long record. I think it's a double record, right? It's
0: uh, It might be a double record, but it's it's their
1: longest one for sure. Even without the 18-minute lead song, it would still be an hour long. Yeah, and
0: I think it would still be their longest record also, their longest studio album, even without that.
1: And I think that the variety would definitely be, I mean, it's definitely something new to Gizzard. Because they've always stayed, Mm -hmm. they've always kind of thought of a concept and kept to the theme of that concept in the record. And this is kind of the first time they've really kind of just let all the spaghetti hit the wall. And for someone like me, I kind of love that. Um, even though I do love the focused themes of the albums, I think it's kind of neat to have this album where you don't really know what's coming next. I I can see
0: why you would like that because even when we talk about other types of music like with hip hop, I always like the chill, simple beats that just have some yeah. that are pretty continuous, that are kind of like repetitive, and you like the ones that. Are all over the place and co- constantly introducing new elements and stuff, and yeah, and I don't like that,
1: <laughs> like <laughs> actively. Uh, so it makes sense yeah. why this, why we would feel like this about this record. Yeah,
0: for sure. I, I didn't even think about that going into this conversation, but I did think you were gonna like it more than me. <laughs> I pretty much knew that I was gonna be the only one with this energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> while we're talking about it and honestly well, they're I'm,
0: getting mixed reviews so i don't know It's it seems I, like this is going to be kind of a contentious
1: yeah record. I, I i think it was on their wikipedia that i saw two reviews one said this is their worst project yet the first time i've been truly disappointed and i Damn. think that gizzard is like run dry and then another review saying this is their best album they've still got fuel in the tank right you know yeah it's I think it's going to be super decisive, but I think the thing that swayed me more to the benefit of this album is that I kind of see it less as a new Gizzard album, which is hard to say since it's an hour and 20 minutes long, but just that it's kind of a look back at this last decade of music. They've been doing this for 10 years, innovating for 10 years, always ahead of the pack. Yeah. And here's the thing, Foo Fighters have played the same song for 20 years and no one seems to care about that. And they keep getting fucking Grammys. Yeah, and so, like, there are so many bands and artists that never change and no one really cares about that. Gizzard is a band that's changed constantly Constantly. for 10 years and for them to play something that you would listen to and you're like, oh, this is kind of basic gizzard i i don't i think that might be a little unfair i don't know if it's unfair because
0: it's just a subjective thing but i think it's definitely it doesn't make me like the band any less it's not going to be like man now king gizzard sucks it's like i just know what they were trying to do and and i just i didn't like the execution of it or whatever it's just not meant for me but there's gonna be a lot of people that love this shit because they're like you that it's cool that you it's kind of this album kind of plays the way that i like to listen to music in general. Which is just every other song is a different genre. But <laughs> right. when it comes to a King Gizzard record, that's not what I want to hear. Mm. But let's talk about what we liked about it, because you liked this album a lot, and there's still a ton of shit that I like on this record. It's just for the most part I don't like it.
1: Uh yeah, alright. Um Enough with the negative, man. Let's Well wait, before we pick just up the one, energy. <laughs> one negative thing. One one negative all right, thing. Alright, yeah, fuck it. We're back. (laughs) Fuck it, we're Uh, back. I'm going to my hole. (laughs) I will say, I don't think there was any one song that blew me away on this record. Mm. You know, like other records where it literally kind of like threw me out of my seat or gave me goosebumps or anything like that. That, you know, I would say there wasn't a big deal song like that on this record.
0: I would. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would say there was one for me.
1: All right. Well, let's you know get into the positive. Yeah, let's get into the positive. Uh I think I've I've told you what I kind of like about the record. What do you what do you what are your favorite aspects of this thing? Uh
0: I think low-key once again the fucking bass player is the best I mean, dude God, in this dude. band.
1: <laughs> I I'm listening to Garden Goblin right now. He, the groove he fucking lays down. So- he's just fucking. It's like, dude, oh
0: my god. His dude. tone is so fucking clean. Like, oh my god. Red smoke, presumptuous. There's so many. Yeah. So especially the loungy ones. It's just, uh his bass is so fucking good. He is
1: the. He's really the the the, the ace up the sleeve yeah, of this band for
0: sure. He's that's what I mean. He's just such a. I don't know if he gets enough love. From the general like population of their fans, but yeah, I wouldn't be
1: surprised if he's like low key everyone's favorite, <laughs> like fan <band laughs> member. Sure, yeah, I bet it's a, I bet it's so fun to watch him play live.
0: Oh, dude, and I've I've seen him on YouTube like playing their uh, KEXP, I think, mm, the Seattle right. station. Yeah, he's so fucking cool, man. He's just so chill, and I love their <laughs> his his instruments are all like vintage looking basses. But I love the bass on it, and really, really good uh, synth work on like throughout the whole record.
1: Yeah, I lots of that...
0: lots of Herbie Hancock Hancockian
1: uh, synthesizer <laughs> Herbie stuff. Herbie Hancock, yeah, nice dude. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so too. I think dripping tap though. I don't know which parts of that song. I don't know if tropical fuckstorm actually played on any of that song, or if it was from a jam, and they were like, yo, we should rec- I, Like, I don't know.
0: I bet it was probably the main riff. And there's, like, can we use this?
1: Uh, but that... Uh, I did like Sadie Sorcerers. It kind of sounded like a Beastie Boys song. It did. To yeah. me. Yeah. You know, and I, I love my little Beasties. Uh, yeah, I love
0: Beastie Boys too. So I'll go listen to them. Rather than <laughs> this bullshit.
1: Uh, I think... The drumming was i I think ever since they lost the second, the second drummer, yeah. I think the drummer has been making more interesting parts oh. for the last couple records. Hmm. And for this record, maybe not so much. Because uh, on LW, I believe, was his first solo record without the second drummer. Uh, I can't remember. Um... Well, we'll go from there. I think LW had interesting parts. I think Butterfly 3000 had a lot of interesting parts. And honestly, I've never been a fan of the two drummer things. I don't think it actually
0: does anything. Yeah, we've had this argument before. I know that they're playing two different things <clears throat> at the same time sometimes. And you can hear it in each headphone. And I think it sounds cool. And I like how full it sounded. Uh, but I think the drummer... the just doing it by himself has been really good for them he's they haven't lost anything really no i i don't think so either yeah i think uh if anything they've gained some cool production value on the drums because they play around with them a lot more now they make them sound different on some stuff when before they all sounded the same on every song
1: i mean i'm sure recording and mixing two drum sets from two drummers is a nightmare You know, because they have to be exactly on the same page. They got to be doing stuff that, you know, complements or just doesn't deter the other. Right. Uh, There's not a lot of wiggle room for freestyle in there. Yeah, I don't know if I.
0: (laughs) That would suck if they recorded them at the same time. I feel like if you just isolate the drones, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Right. But I thought it was cool. Like on some songs on this, uh, blame it on the weather. Was one? That yeah, to yeah. Them. I'm
1: listening to that too. It's got a nice little rhythm on there with like the bell, of the ride cymbal, and stuff like that.
0: Really big, loud, cavernous uh, kick drum on that. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, it, for it's just, sure. It's obviously different than the other songs on the record, so I, I dig it. I, I don't know if you've heard their drummer's solo stuff, but I
1: haven't. <laughs> Well, uh, it's not for me
0: that's, maybe, that's all maybe we'll that. get to it another time that's what that sound means it's not for me <laughs> but I really like the I mean obviously for, for the most part just like every King Gizzard record great fucking lyrics man
1: yeah I appreciate how I think some people might fairly say they dote on environmental issues too much I personally think that it is one of the most important issues and i'm fine with them yeah you know making so many songs but dripping tap is about that yeah uh magenta mountain in a way i i see is kind of being about that and blame it on the weather i mean they get
0: political too you know they on evilest man
1: yeah right that's like quite i would say that's the most personally political they've gotten actually like kind of naming the last yeah, name <laughs> of a name person dropped, they're talking about. They name-dropped uh, Rupert Murdoch.
0: Yeah, I mean, Murdochian. The Murdochian, yeah. Uh, it was, that was pretty surprising, though. That was very outspoken. I like how outspoken they are. I, I like how they're, they're calling attention to issues. I mean, uh, even thinking about some of the themes of their older albums, like looking at Infest the Rats Nest, wasn't that a lot about how
1: A Virus Got Out and... Yeah, well, it was about, you know, the rich with all the power, yeah. and they left people in poverty on this dying planet because they kind of, you know, used up all the resources. And
0: Yeah, I, I I like that they call attention to those things. They do it in a way that you don't even realize that they're doing it to,
1: for the most it part. It doesn't sound preachy. No, not at all.
0: all. And But if if I didn't follow along with the lyrics while I was listening to it, I would have no idea what they're saying. On most of the songs.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So that's the only issue is just and when I read along, I'm like, oh, these lyrics are so good. And then you listen and I
1: don't pick up one fucking word. <laughs> yeah. You can pretty much, uh, you know what the course is going to be because it's always the title of the song. Right. Uh, But aside from that, it's sometimes it's, uh, I don't really know what y'all are saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I kind of have to read the lyrics to understand the message. <laughs> but I like that their lyrics are really insightful and they do have a message that I can usually agree with, which I like also. Uh but yeah, if you didn't read along, you'd have no idea that there was a message at all. Right. You'd have no fucking idea. But I still liked it. And those are those
1: are most of the things I liked about this record. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the I more think, serious
0: stuff, I think, overall.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the production is I think the production is good. I don't I don't really think it's amazing in any aspect. I think dripping tap with all the f- guitars happening at one time was cool it
0: was cool dripping tap was uh, a really good song
1: but yeah I, I think they kind of didn't really experiment at all in a post-production way
0: not really uh, I mean even on the heavier songs Stu just does his same voice you know yeah yeah right I think that's that's the that's the the gamble that they took on this record is right. Do we want to give people exactly what we've been doing for the last 10 years, just different versions of it? Or do we want to show them something new? And that was the thing is like, there was nothing new on this from King Gizzard. Yeah. I hear blame it on the weather and I could have heard that on, you know, any previous album.
1: Yeah. Aside from maybe Grim Reaper and Sadie Sorceress. Oh God. Yeah. Don't remind me um yeah aside from that it's the these songs all kind of have a connection to maybe one or two particular albums and those albums kind of did these concepts a little better yeah yes Uh, for sure because it was you know it was all happening at once this kind of sounds like maybe they took the b-sides of each album that being said i think it's still a cool look back I i think it's still nice it if it wasn't an hour and twenty minutes long, I would say this is kind of a good record to get new people into. You know, like, hey, if you like this song, you're gonna like this album. You know? Yeah. But it's gonna be a hard sell. Maybe let them skip the first song.
0: I mean, a reviewer <laughs> said that this was a phenomenal entry point into the Gizverse, so they're thinking the same thing you are. But they're saying all yeah. filler, no filler. I don't know. I think they're listening to our fucking podcast, because who the hell uses that except us?
1: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's usually what people are referring to when to they say that. We need to fucking
0: copyright that shit, dude. We just oh got ripped God. off.
1: You, you say it in an episode once, and suddenly everyone's on top of it before you can get it on a shirt. I don't know if you realize, but we've said it in like five episodes. I No, I know. In all oh. five of those episodes, spark a whole new craze of people. You Did yeah. you hear about that Sum 41 record?
0: Yeah, blown up on TikTok now. We don't even trying to.
1: Oh my god, like go away, dude. Nobody knows you. Alright, here's how we get people to stop listening to our podcast.
0: Let's get into our choice <laughs> nugs. Alright, yeah, sure. Yeah. It is time, it is time, it is time for choice nugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for choice nugs. What I wanna give I'm just gonna I'll just get mine out of the way. Okay. All and, right. Sure. Um, honorable mentions. Let, let me go into that first. We already talked about dripping tap. I like it a lot. Uh, Kepler twenty two B. I thought I thought was fun. Yeah,
1: it was an interesting kind of piano thing at the beginning that I
0: liked. Yeah, I like the loungy feel. Uh, but as much as it's as much as I kind of enjoyed that song, which is again, it's just kind of like picking the runt or like picking the best of the runts of the litter. You know, if it if the whole litter was runts, I this is one of the ones that. <laughs> I would pick. Uh, I also liked, uh, you know, Grim Reaper for what it was. Weirdly enough. Okay. And uh, maybe presumptuous a little bit, even though the drums. Presumptuous. Uh, it's super catchy. I love the piano and the auxiliary percussion, but like when that beat kicks in, it sounds like the most basic radio pop song. It's it's, kind of, it's upsetting, but so I'll just give my two choice nugs. I will do this right off the fucking bat. Are the All two. Right. Heaviest songs on the record. The okay. two I enjoyed the absolute most. And it's Gaia, Gaia
1: and Predator, and Predator X. X. Okay, well, you know, we do share a nug. Do you want to oh, guess which one?
0: I want to guess Predator X with you. It was Predator X, Yeah, yes.
1: yeah. This, inarguably, sounds the most like Infest the Rats Nest. Oh, so even creepy. the production. even Yeah, for sure. Takes that they, fuzziness. They brought
0: back the grimy, fuzzy, dirty guitars.
1: The those toms, oh, the, yeah. the intention on the toms for the drums, that I mean that riff, they literally do the riff for Perihelion in this song. <laughs> I need <laughs> so to it's go like, back okay, and listen guys. to
0: that. <laughs> I mean, they kind of they have a lot of fallbacks as as musicians sure. as writers, so that doesn't surprise me at all. But Predator X was the only one that you know we were talking about earlier the one song that like really like you listen to you're like oh my god i fucking love this or like it kind of blew you away a little bit that this
1: predator x was the one like the riffage is just so fun yeah i think one of my favorite parts is when they do that right they kind of like stop for a second that's like so cool for some reason and
0: then they when they switch up the beat when all of a sudden
1: yeah
0: and they just do they do I love how long they sit in that kick drum part where he's just hitting the kick drum in a 4/4 timing.
1: Uh and then that evil guitar comes in. Ah,
0: yeah, do the badass guitar solo and and then they go right back to the original rhythm of the song and Right. I love it. And and I honestly like you could say the same pretty much all the same shit about Gaia. So that's why I was like I'll just get them both out of the way.
1: Yeah, I mean it is kind of the same deal obviously inspired by infest yeah i would say it's not as fuzzy like the production doesn't sound so exactly like that album no you know what i would say gaia is more like murder of the universe it was it's a yeah. little more wide open it's not as like claustrophobic as right. predator x uh, the production is a little more wide open i think the harmonies on gaia were really cool really thing. cool I, they, it seems like they don't do harmonies that often king Gizzard. yeah i guess they don't so to to hear it on this song was a cool touch.
0: Really liked it. Uh, I couldn't figure out what that time signature was to save my fucking life.
1: Oh God! I don't, I don't know even. What they were doing? Yeah, I I gave up on that the second I heard it. It's like thirty-two over eight or some shit. It, it, this some um, thirteen over six, then seven over six, then one bar of two. Type right. Stuff. Then we do
0: four four at the very end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I loved those those two songs. Those were the ones that were the only ones that every time they came on, I was, I was excited to listen to.
1: Oh man. That's, that's tough for a 16 song album. Yes, it is
0: an hour and 20 minute album that I really, really truly enjoyed about nine minutes of it.
1: Damn. All right. Well, let me get into mine our nug. I guess Predator X was my first one. Nice. Um, my second one, I do like this record a little bit more, so I have a feeling that depending on the mood, depending on what music I want to listen to, my Nug is definitely, definitely going to change. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, this is
0: the one record that you could do that with for sure by them.
1: Right. Yeah. It, I The Dripping Tap will be good for if I just want to fucking bob my head and jam to some guitar solos. If you literally have
0: a 20-minute drive somewhere, you can put on that song and it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Magenta Mountain was, like, pleasant and poppy and catchy, and I really liked that. Kind
0: of sounded British there for a second.
1: A, a little, it's sounded a little poppy. You're like Magenta Mountain? I'm Mag- like, Magenta Ma- Mountain, all right. I watch a lot of uh, Peaky Blinders. I liked Sadie Sorceress maybe more than I should. Jesus fucking Christ. It kind of, it gave me Jet Set Radio vibes as well as Beastie <laughs> Boys. I love the. We were talking the about old... Jet Set Radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Great I think game. it was mainly just like the old woman being like, "Oh, who's this saucer?" It and it like sounds as like it's coming from a radio. Only thing There's I like, liked
0: about that song was uh the the old woman on the on that track is like one of the band members' grandmas. Yeah, she's like ninety seven <laughs> like
1: years 97. old. ninety seven. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So that's that's great. I love that. Uh, a bunch of my favorite cheesy white boy rap tropes with like. The DJ scratches and kind of like, I think the organ a little bit misplaced throughout the track. Uh, okay. If I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, and presumptuous was catchy. This is gonna be weird, cause I don't think this is gonna be my choice nug for a long time. But right now, today, uh, during this recording, in this economy. In this economy, <laughs> with this kind of traffic, <laughs> I'm picking Candles. Candles? Candles. Mm. I gotta put it on right now. Candles. It's a weird kind of... It's like a song you would find on an old cassette tape, and it would be a little wobbly. Uh, Like, it's real old and vintage. The harmonies are very interesting to me. It's got, like, a – it's a super specific type of song that I can't pin down. Maybe you'll be able to, like, more closely figure out. I'd say this is more of, like, that fucking
0: cabana lounge music.
1: Yeah, it's like a kind of cabana, kind of weird on the beach type of thing. Yeah, for
0: sure. It is, but it sounds like – I don't know, man, like – a beach in france in
1: 1960 right you know or maybe maybe early 70s the vintage like french yeah beach type of thing but other people have compared it
0: to like 90s chill like pop music 90s chill electro and i I could kind of hear that too but with all the xylophone or the vibraphone stuff that they're playing i'm like come on this is such a throwback <laughs> Not to the '90s. Way. they a
1: throw, throw, throwback.
0: Yeah, throw and they, then
1: they bring the percussion in with these like kind of tinny, small like, like super Latiny grooves. Yeah, little cowbells or whatever they are. yeah, like little cowbells or like yeah, wood blocks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Well, it's a random ass choice, nug, dude. But I mean, it's a it's a random ass nug on different days. The honorable mentions i mentioned before could very well be choice snugs i can't imagine i'll be listening through this album all the way anytime soon but i might just shuffle it sure and see what happens sometimes uh but with that being said i think we ought to get into our ratings and i think maybe i should go first okay because i kind of want you to I'm i'm interested to see What number you're going to give this thing?
0: You're about to find out, buddy.
1: This is a long record. It's a tough sell. It's a tribute to the last decade of Gizzard, a band that I only kind of got into like a year or two ago. It was after we did Infest the Rats Nest that I was like, okay... Maybe it's finally time to get into these guys and, like, slowly kind of, like, listen to their, you know, 17 or 18 records. And I think yeah. this is a cool... I think this would be a great way to get someone into it. Uh Even if it isn't the best representations of the eras or the albums, I still think it's a cool listen. Uh I mean, just think if
0: someone if this is someone's first King Gizzard record and then they go back oh, to the yeah, previous stuff, they will sure. like it even more. It's going to be even more fun for them to go back and, and say, "Holy shit, this was even better than the shit on, on yeah on, on, on Nipium
1: <laughs> on on Gaspacho Mania." I think was one of their records, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Soup. <laughs> Gaspacho soup. Gaspacho <laughs> soup. Fishing for fish sticks. Uh. Right and the the production is all there the lyrics are great the bass is fantastic on every song uh cool guitar work when they decide to to really riff on stuff and this is what i wanted to say i don't think that this album is going to represent their next 10 years i think this is the final page in this chapter of this era, I think this is the last, last raw. This is the last tribute. Yeah, the victory lap. We've gotten this far, you know. Let's kind of appreciate what we've done. I don't know where they could possibly go to start a new era of King Gizzard, but I have faith that they can get there.
0: They can pull it off. Whatever's gonna, whatever's gonna be, is gonna be uh, at least played really fucking well and sound yes. really good. So there's at least
1: uh, that. And so I don't think, as I said in the episode, I don't think there was any one song that really blew me away, even though there were a lot of songs I liked. Okay. And I don't think there was a song I didn't like. Wow, okay. Uh, and so with that being said, I'm going to give this thing like a little 7.5.
0: 7.5 is really fucking strong.
1: I was going to give it higher, but then you kind of yeah. you kind of came in... <laughs> <laughs> shit, uh, shit in your cereal a little bit. You kind of you kind of shit in my cereal a little bit. Sorry. No, I mean like I think it's I think it's obvious. Like if you like the focused albums, you're not gonna like this. If you like any era in particular, then there's you know There'll if you have a favorite era, on it. yeah, favorite era, least favorite era. You, mean, you said seven point
0: five. I said seven point five. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. Uh, I agree. Like, there's something for everyone. For for every King Gizzard fan, there's gonna be something on here that you like. Like, even though I, for the most part, didn't really enjoy the record, Gaia and Predator X. Like, I'm gonna listen to that shit on repeat for the next week. You know, like when I go when I box this week, I'm putting that shit on. You know what I mean? So I I loved it. Uh, but yeah, man, you know. I love those two songs. There's a, you know a, a small gathering of other tracks that I that I enjoyed and um, like you said the production's great. I like all the synth shit. I love all the bass on it. All the guitar that all the guitar work that's done on it is great. Like again, it's even though it's not songs most of it, most of it's not something I enjoy, it's still played really well, sounds really good. They're all killing it whether I like it or not. But yeah, just uh, too too many of the songs were goofy. Too many of the songs were like kind of, dancey and not. They didn't really sound like they were taking it that serious. And I don't know. I don't really like that vibe for King Gizzard a lot. And uh, and it was really throughout this whole record. I I just I thought it was a little too goofy for me. So, uh, you know, it sucks, man. I'm gonna give it a really low, really fucking low rating. I'm I'm gonna give it probably a like a four point six.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, just think, like, out of 16 songs, I really, really liked two, and I enjoyed probably two or three other ones.
1: Yeah, well, I did not... Were you expecting that at all when you heard the singles?
0: No, I heard... Uh, well, I heard the Dripping Tap and really, really, really liked it, And uh, but it, even then it didn't really surprise me or anything. It didn't wow me, but I really liked it, and then I heard Magenta Mountain and I got a little concerned. and uh yeah man but i still went into it with really high hopes you know and and so like i said every time i listened to it i was kind of in a bad mood and then it put me in a worse mood and uh it just yeah it, it it sucks it's this is strike two in the last year with uh with king gizzard but you know they can't all be they're not all for everyone man
1: i mean 20 records i think it's fine to give them a couple yeah you know yeah, like, they're still one of my favorite bands of all time. L's.
0: I'm not, yeah, that's the thing is like, nothing, their, their status in my life hasn't changed at all. Right. This is still just an gonna, album I'm not going to listen to.
1: Even though Butterfly 3000 and this album in your eyes were disappointment two in a row, you're still yeah. going to look forward to the next album. Oh, fuck yeah.
0: 3001, not Butterfly, Butterfly 3000 is one of my favorites. Did I say 3000? I you meant did. 3000. You did. You're more. trying to besmirch me.
1: Yeah, I was trying to kind of rub your nose in the dirt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, it, it's gonna take a lot for me to lose faith in this band. For sure, just because they've been so solid and so killer and so consistent.
0: Yeah, for sure. This this takes nothing away from them, um, because, like we said, there's someone every King Isard fan is gonna find something they like on it, and some people this this is gonna be their favorite album. So, uh, well, y'all, All power to them, man.
1: This, I would say we kind of uh, encapsulated maybe what the general consensus is going to be. And that's divided, decisive, divisive.
0: It's decisive and divisive, but let us, it's fractional. This is going to fractional, this is going to like fracture their, their fan base potentially. But what did you guys think, buddies? Like, let us know if you guys listen to this album, do you like King Gizzard? Is, do you like this record? Do you like the Lizard Wizard more? Do you think I'm right? Or do you think Brett is wrong? Which one is it? Uh, what? That, let us uh, know in a comment on our Instagram at EBPCast. Let us know in a comment on YouTube.com slash Earbuds Podcast. Give us follows everywhere. Give us likes everywhere. Share it with your friends. Tell them to listen to this. This is our 64th episode, I think. There's got to be other albums that we've covered on this podcast that you guys are interested in listening to us talk about <laughs> listening to <laughs> random white people talk about a bunch of random music
1: well listen bud we have an album this next week that you are extremely excited for so excited is gonna be i hopefully it's a better week for both of us i'm looking you forward know? to that yeah and we're able to really like be in a vibe listening to this album. And what is this album, Lucas? Oh,
0: it's from my boy. My big, big boy.
1: Oh, Your brother in arms. Dude.
0: Why not as big anymore, boy? He's in shape now. He's getting fucking swole. But my boy, Action Bronson, coming out with a new record called Cocodrilo Turbo. Which means Turbo Crocodile. And I can't wait to fucking listen to it. Oh, I man. haven't even... They've released a, at least one single, and I haven't listened to it. I'm like Sub-Zero. saving myself. Sub yeah. Zero, yeah, I'm I'm saving myself for for the full album listen, but yeah, that'll be the next episode, man. And Action, you know, he's also been kind of hit or miss in the last few years, so
1: let's see what he comes with in this one. Oh man, what do we do if it's another disappointing record? What do we have to do, Lucas? I don't know. I we don't gotta know. start. We gotta start producing these people.
0: Yeah, either that or we just switch the the theme of the podcast to now we're talking about movies. <laughs>
1: That'll be a very one-sided podcast. Well, we'll
0: call it iBuds. We'll get you to finally start watching movies. Become the true stoner that you've always been. Oh, boy. And we'll start with every Quentin Tarantino movie. But until then, buddies, thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought of this record. Share, like,
1: repeat. Uh, Brett, what would you rate this episode? You know what? I'm going to rate this episode... A King Gizzard at a Lizard Wizard, baby. Oh,
0: okay. That's weird. Uh, I'm going to rate this episode a 9.3. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks, buddies. Brett, Bye. This is, This was all right. You know, this was not just all right. It was good. This could have been gooder. And a 3,
0: 2, one.